Father, thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live and abide in us, that you're the teacher. And so we ask that you, God, would show up today in a great way. Reveal truth to us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're just going to recap today some of the key truths that we talked about last semester. So for those of us that were here, it'll be a reminder. For those of you that didn't, um, weren't able to come last semester, this will be a, a quick recap for you as well. <clears throat> All right, so we learned so many great things about Holy Spirit last semester, so many things. And that were new things for some of us, and, and some of us, we'd been exposed to the Holy Spirit in different ways. The first thing that we talked about is that God is three persons. Say three. We, we can't, we can separate, but we can never divide, right? So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 13, 14 Jason's got a lot of scriptures to put up for us today. So you can just write down the reference and look them up, refer to them later if you want to. But it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that's a beautiful scripture that explains so clearly to us about God and three, three personalities in one at work in our lives. And so we see here that the grace of the Lord Jesus, that's the salvation that we experience when he laid down his life for us. That's how we come to know the love of God. And that's how we have communion or koinonia with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And so that is just a beautiful scripture, I think, that if some of us question, is is Holy Spirit really God? Yeah, right there. It shows us so clearly. So most of us, and I'm going to ask the table leaders to get ready and come on up with their little um, sunglasses on. Most of us know a fair bit about Jesus. Would you agree that maybe you've heard stories about Jesus? Maybe you've received Jesus when you were just young? But look at all these girls. Oh, my, yeah. (laughs) So a lot of these girls, they all have different glasses on. And these glasses represent our worldview. It's the filter through which we see things. So you can see that they're all different shapes. They're different sizes. They're different colors. So, do you think that these girls up here have all had the same experiences in life? Have they had, well, obviously they didn't have the same parents. They probably didn't have the same teachers because they went to multitudes of different schools. Would they have had the same experiences growing up? Mm -mm. We heard from our table that one gal was born in Newfoundland and lived out on the West Coast as well and went to 14 different schools. That creates a filter, a worldview, a perception that we have. 
And that is how we see things. And that is even sometimes how we see God's word. We see God's word. We see his truth. We see his principles. We see things through our filter. And if we were raised in a home where God was welcomed, where Jesus was central to our conversation, where the Holy Spirit was talked about, our color of lenses is going to look a whole lot different than somebody that was perhaps raised by a solo mom, never ever set foot in church, and had some pretty abusive things happen to them in their lives. Would you agree? And so that's why we're taking time to go through God's word and to really try and understand clearly his heart for us, what he says about us, and what he says about Holy Spirit. Because some of us have had crazy experiences where the Holy Spirit's concerned too. Some of us have seen people do weird and wacky things and we thought, I don't want any part of that. Some of us have seen people we know who are really close to us come to know God in an intimate way, be led by the Holy Spirit, and we're attracted to it. We're drawn to it. But some of us, we don't have a clue. And that is what all these girls, all these glasses, all these perspectives represent. So what I'm saying to you today, girls, is let's try and take off our perspectives. Let's try and take off our filters, and let's open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to each one of us. Because his truth is truth. God is truth. He is love. And he wants each one of us, no matter what our experiences have been in life, good, bad, ugly, He wants all of us to know his truth and his love more than anything else. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, girls. Love some of those glasses. Good job. All right. So that's the first point is just our God is three in one. The second point is... The thought that if Jesus needed partnership with the Holy Spirit when he walked on this earth, I do too. Yeah, can you say amen? I got, if Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit, wow, I do too. I need the Holy Spirit as well. And so I just want to open my heart. can't turn my pages. I want to open my heart more and more. John 16, 7 is an amazing verse that Jesus shared with his disciples. And we we camped around this verse for a week, right? Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus is telling his closest friends and followers, it's to your advantage that I leave. And they, they were probably all messed up, but he says, it's to your advantage. So is it to our advantage that Jesus went to be with his Father in heaven and they sent the Holy Spirit to earth? 
Yeah. So if he says it's our advantage, then girls, we want to dig in. We want to find out what does that mean for us as, as daughters of the Most High God. He gave us a beautiful gift. And then number three, we talked a lot about the Holy Spirit being our helper. So at the Last Supper, Jesus took time to talk again with his closest friends and followers and tell them that he was going to send another helper to them. John 14, verses 16 to 18 says this. This is Jesus speaking. I'm going to pray, and I put it, and ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that will abide with you forever. Say forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that beautiful? So another helper in the Greek, it means one exactly like Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is not any different than Jesus. It's the same. He's the same. It's a duplicate. He has the same character as Jesus. So we can trust the Holy Spirit. The disciples had experienced the Holy Spirit with them because he was with Jesus. But now they were going to have a new experience that probably rocked their world a little bit again when Jesus said, he's not going to just, I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to be in you. And so they were used to being led and instructed and encouraged by Jesus. Now they were going to have to shift, and they were going to have to learn to be led and instructed and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So that was brand new for them. The Holy Spirit was sent to teach us things, to remind us of truth, to guide us into truth, and tell us things to come. John 16, 8 to 11 says, And when he has come that's the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit was going to come and convict us, make us aware that we are lost and we're in need of a Savior. Isn't that awesome? Because God doesn't want us separated from him. He wants us to be with him and to know him. So the Holy Spirit's job is to tell us, to show us that we needed a Savior. And then to persuade us that we're in right standing, that we have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we can be in right standing with God. And Satan is a defeated enemy. And he doesn't have any power and authority over us. He's been judged. And so those are the three things that the Holy Spirit was sent to do. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, to show us our need of a, of a Savior, to show us that we're, we've been made righteous when we receive Jesus, and to let us know Satan does not have authority over us. He's been defeated. Number four, um, The Holy Spirit wants a friendship with us, a friendship. So think about your friendships, girls. And friends, you might not talk to your friend every day, 
but you've talked to them enough, you get to know their likes, their dislikes. You get to know what, what they would say about a subject. You get to know how they would respond in a situation. God, he wants the Holy Spirit to have a friendship with us so that we get to know him and that we don't just um, cry out to him every once in a while, but that we talk to him daily. John 10, 27 says, My sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, the next point I have down is that the Holy Spirit is a person and not just some random influence out there in our lives, right? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's part of the Trinity. He's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing, omnipresent, which means he's present everywhere. Jesus could only be in one place. That's why it's so wonderful that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with each one of us wherever we go. That is so beautiful. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And he has mind, will, and emotions. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So the Holy Spirit behaves, he thinks, he has emotions, and he wants to complete us so we can walk in his perfect love, remember, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So he wants to live in us so his love can flow through us towards others. And then we talked about the specific will of God and the general will of God. And that is so, so good to understand because we can find out God's general will through his word. Amen? We open the word of God and God speaks to us. And so I say sometimes we live our lives like we don't know the will of God. And there is so much revealed to us in the Bible about God's will for our lives. He tells us to love one another. So when we're not walking in love, and we've all missed it and messed up, but I go back to, it says, love one another. Okay, God, I need Holy Spirit to help me do that. It says, forgive one another. It says, to do good. Don't forget to do good. Those are all God's will for us. So there's lots of things. If we never knew specific things, there is so much in the general will of God in the word. We could live amazing lives just reading that, right? But God wants to talk to us specifically too. But that's where we have to realize that what house you're supposed to buy, what school you're supposed to go to, perhaps who you're supposed to marry, all of those things, they're not found in the Word of God. Now, there's principles, and there's truths that we can base some decisions on that we can find in the Word, but that's where we need a friendship with the Holy Spirit. That's where we need to know in our gut, right, in our spirit, that I have peace about this decision. And when I don't have peace about a decision, then I'm going to wait. I'm going to press in a little bit more. So we talked about that, and I think that's, it, that was just a great week. Um, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You say profitable. Yeah, so listen what the word of God is profitable for. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amazing, amazing. So God wants to give us people in our lives that can help discern God's will with us, but we don't want to have to rely on another human being to tell us what to do. So if we're praying about something, we need to get wisdom. We need to get counsel. We need people to help us ask ourselves the hard questions. But it's not like one person, like in the Old Testament, the prophets spoke on behalf of God. It's not like that today. God wants us to be led and guided by his spirit. Amen? All right. And number seven, we talked about that we could grieve the Holy Spirit. Wow. So when we consistently make choices against God's instructions to us in his word, then that, uh, our hearts begin to harden. And we lose our ability to hear from God. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. So, girls, that's why it's so important that we um, crack open our Bibles. Not because we have to read our Bible every day to be accepted by God. No, because God wants to show us what's good for our lives because he wants to show us what is helpful for us. And when we face hard situations, he wants to help us respond out of his love and out of his care. So we just realize that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And Maria shared an amazing example from her own life of how if we don't listen to what God's asking us to do or telling us, that, that we begin to harden our hearts, and then we can end up in trouble. And we don't want to end up in trouble. We want our hearts to be open to his leading. Amen? Ephesians four twenty-five to 32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So I think some of those things grieve the Holy Spirit, and some of those things are instructions from the Holy Spirit. That's a great verse. I remember memorizing that verse with my kids one summer at the cottage (laughs) when we were kind of at each other, you know, and uh, it was good. And Number eight is the day of Pentecost. That's the day that changed everything for those disciples. If you remember, those disciples were scared before they received the Holy Spirit in its fullness, right? Peter denied he even knew Jesus. And then what happened? Amazing. After the day of Pentecost, when they received the fullness of the Spirit, Peter preached a bold, courageous message, and thousands got saved. They went out into the, to the marketplace, and they shared their faith. They were not afraid. And so Acts 1, 5 says, 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And verse 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So when they received what God had promised, they received power, ability to witness, and to live for him. So girls, we want to open our hearts to all that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives too, because he wants to empower us for life and living. And then number nine, we looked at three baptisms. We looked at how when we receive Christ, we're baptized into the body of Christ. When we know that we've received Christ, we want to follow him and be obedient as we are water baptized. And so that's another baptism. And when we're water baptized, we're identifying with Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And just like Jesus was raised from the dead to newness of life, we believe that when we go under the waters of baptism, God does a work in our lives and raises us up to newness of life too. And the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is, this is John speaking. And he, but he who is coming after me, Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit resides within us. When we receive Christ, we're born again by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's in us. But when we receive the fullness of the Spirit and we say, God, I want everything you have, that's like I I heard um, Lisa Wins share this just the other day. And she said, in our houses, we have water pipes, right? Water mains come into our house. We all have water in our house. We have to turn the tap on, though, to access the water. And she says, that's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives and abides within us. But we have to, so to speak, turn the tap on and say, God, I want everything you have for me. Holy Spirit, fill me, speak to me, talk with me, walk with me, help me. And so I just loved that example. And so it's really more about us saying, God, I want everything you have for me. Because he's already given us the Holy Spirit. And then number 10, the last thing we talked about was the prayer language that God gives us, that equipping that he gives us to be able to pray in a language that we don't necessarily know, well, for sure we don't know or understand, right? And it's amazing because when, have you ever been in a time when you were praying for somebody and you just didn't know what to pray for? Or maybe God woke you up in the night and asked you to pray for someone and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but God does. Holy Spirit does. And as we yield to him and allow Holy Spirit to pray through us, we get to communicate directly with God. Praying in tongues is different from the gift of tongues that we're going to talk about this semester. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But praying in tongues is different. Praying in tongues is a personal prayer language that we get to experience that strengthens us, builds us up, and helps keeps us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you girls, let's continue this semester. Let's continue to say, 
I'm open, God. I want everything you have for me. I don't want to hold back. I want you to talk to me. I want to hear your voice like never before. Amen? Because that's when we know that we're we're making a di- we can make a difference, but when you know the Holy Spirit has said, call that person or speak to this one or pray for them, and you hear the results of that, that encourages each one of us. That builds our faith. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you said you wouldn't abandon us. You'd never leave us. And we're so thankful that you sent the Holy Spirit to live in us to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us, to speak through us. Thank you, Father. We open our hearts. We say, God, come and fill us to overflowing. Refresh us with your presence. Allow us to sense your leading and guiding like never before. Stretch and grow each one of us this semester, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.